Good morning, good morning. This is Rise and Talk Radio, nominated best podcast in the city of Dallas, where we sit and talk about design, art, music, and culture. I'm your host, Marty Olivo, growth and conversations designed with you in mind, the number one podcast, man, Rise and Talk Radio. How are you? How's your how's your day going? It's super early in the morning. I like, am having a wonderful day. It's beautiful yeah. outside. It is beautiful outside. And have fun to get to, it's a treat yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to get it started off this way. That's amazing. So for those who don't know who you are, like, how would you describe yourself? Like the kind of art that you make, um, the kind of person you are, like, how would you describe yourself? I am a visual artist that working primarily in painting, drawing, and printmaking. Mm-hmm. And I guess as a person, I'd like to think I'm generally an open and friendly person yeah I yeah I think a lot of my life right now revolves around my work and my work is primarily concerned with right now um, like issues of identity in terms of uh, not I've said this a million times and now of course Mm. like now I have a microphone in front of me and I'm second-guessing myself but I, my work is currently just about immigration, like identity in the sense that I was born in Romania, a different country, mm-hmm. and then became a U.S. citizen a couple of years ago. So going through the naturalization process and the U.S. oath, including renouncing all allegiances to other places, which seems impossible and confusing. So kind of yeah. making work based on how do you continue to be connected to the culture of your upbringing and work through that since that is I think something that everyone's going to acquire different allegiances through Mm -hmm. their life to different places and different people so working with those themes is kind of primarily my work what is I hate to start off this way but what is your take on what's going on in this country right now I think I think yeah the the primary thing is just like silence I think it's you know I think we're I think a lot of people are in awe and you know a lot of people are unfortunately unsurprised at reactions and I mean I guess it's going to sound cheesy but yeah a lot of it's coming from misunderstanding and kind of forgetting that we're all sharing things in common and being respectful and understanding of everyone's rights it's really upsetting (laughs) it is yeah it's it's really like do you watch the news at all like whatever that means nowadays but like do you sit and watch what's what's going on or I'll I'll read headlines and then I'll go into particular issues too sometimes, but I do find that I have to limit it. Yeah. Because of the fact that now Does we can. become exhausting? Yeah. Now that we can, which also there's like a certain amount of privilege in being able to say that you can turn off the news in a way. Yeah. Because not everyone can do that in yeah. the sense of like those are things that they can't just set aside all the time. But I think because we now have constant access to the news that you could just check them constantly on your phone. Like I do have friends who have the notifications from maybe the times or other news sources that just pop up. And I don't think I'd be able to do that to have that, (laughs) you know, to be able, because also particularly, you know, if you're working, making your work and being in the studio and being interrupted by that as well. Like I think in general, everyone needs that uninterrupted periods of time to be able to work on what they're what they're doing so i do find that i usually need to designate a special like a particular time to try to read up on things and look at things instead of it interrupting my day 
what do you think plays the biggest role in how like the current mindset like how do you translate things into your work like what what passes through obviously it's more of like an emotional connection with a lot of people they mm -hmm. pull from like their past they pull from situations they're in um, what do you pull from in your work like does does the current state of the world play any role in that or yeah I think I mean unfortunately I'll, when I started making this work and again I kind of poorly introduced it but uh, you know, I started this work because I'd grown up in the States my whole life, but then going through this naturalization process, I, I used to make different kinds of work, but it going through that oath and realizing like, the strong wording and the going through that ceremony shift caused a shift in my work. It felt really important to then kind of declare those connections that I still have through my work. So a lot of it is primarily through either my my personal experiences, my connection to my family, and my time spent growing up in Romania when I'd go visit in the summers, and and that influence on my upbringing. But also, it, it has become increasingly relevant. The news have become increasingly re relevant. So I see my work starting to go also to into issues of mm -hmm. borders and citizenship yeah. status, and what does that mean for some people to have access to territories simply based on the fact that they were born there. Because, I mean, yeah. it's not that U.S. citizens have to go through that oath and declare those declare those things. And yeah. I was fortunate to get to do a residency in London right after the Brexit decision. So mm -hmm. I was making work definitely influenced by that, thinking I have a lot of friends in England who weren't born there and, you know, them suddenly wondering, oh, now I can't live here anymore even though I've right. lived here so I mean obviously at that time it was things were still very much up in the air yeah and so I think yeah the the news are it is becoming like a, a part of the work even though a lot of it is still personal and coming coming from my family my grandparents but I I do see it especially going forward being influenced by by other yeah. other sources when did you first realize that you had like this ability to translate thoughts into an actual physical, you know, to create work, to create any kind of artwork? Like when was that first moment you realized that? Well, I don't know if it was ever like, oh, I have yeah. this like really? ability or skill, but more of mm. it's just always, you know, I think as a as a kid, you're you'll end up, you know, finding things that definitely interest you yeah. and that's what you want to spend most of your time doing and that was always for me drawing and painting and making things that way and I was really fortunate to have parents who encouraged that mm -hmm. I think they were surprised by it but they definitely let me let me lean into that so I guess the real answer for that is that I don't remember a time when I never was like I, you know there mm -hmm. wasn't a time when I never was doing when I wasn't doing that but <clears throat> yeah I think it, but there is a shift, though, that, that comes from, I think, spending a lot of time on something as a child and enjoying it, and then actually trying to consider it more seriously, which started, I think, in high school for me. Because I think <clears throat> even that language, I think I'd spoken with you about this before, that language of, I found myself even as a kid when people would ask me, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm -hmm. I'd say, I'd like to be... <laughs> an art teacher, an artist, or something yeah. like that. But 
I never said it just simply, I want to be that and I'm going yeah. to be that. It was sort of, oh, I'd want to be, but we'll was see. It, was it in the air or what was pushing you away from it? It just seems like a lot of, a lot of, you know, positions in the art arts mm-hmm. field seem like taboo in a way. I think it's definitely, I think it's changing now, but I'm thinking of like, in in some regards, I mean of saying, I'm just thinking about maybe saying it to your friend's parents, like middle school. Yeah. I think now they might be more, yeah. I don't know. It depends on the group, I guess, but. That's actually pretty interesting. I'm curious to see if like parents are more open to their kids wanting to pursue something creative right. versus, right. you know, 10 or 15 years ago. That's like, it was hard. It obviously depends on the community and the family and yeah. the circumstances, but. Do you I think, think it, your family was more not really against pursuing something creative, but was that the fear of like maybe my parents won't get it or they have always been really supportive of it, and I've been really mm-hmm. lucky it's it's been absolutely incredible i I think it was more of just and I had it within me too, but mm-hmm. it's just more of this practical kind of voice in the back of your head saying oh does is this reasonable? This is more of like a <laughs> yeah. You know, this is more of a dream. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you can actually go into this, mm-hmm. which I think is something, and in a lot of fields that people will still hear over time. I don't know if that ever necessarily goes away, but. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think it goes away. No. But uh, so far, it's, yeah, it's been really great. And I've been really fortunate to be able to, to go for it. What has been some of the feedback when it comes to your work that maybe you push away from? Like, do you accept feedback? Are you open to that? Or Oh, definitely. I think, okay. I mean, there are different kinds of artists and different kinds of philosophies with work. Sometimes people will have a, want a very specific reading on their work. But for the most part, I'm, I'm really open to hearing what other people say. Because a lot yeah. of times my, my work will be non-representational and the fact that it's not, you know, a, a very, it's not a figurative painting a portrait that you could immediately identify that as a person or that kind of thing it's more abstract one would say but you know providing clues with like a more recent painting I was doing was incorporating rug patterns for my grandmother so Mm. when people were seeing that they might get hints at things but they might also have their reading of oh this reminds me of my grandmother's house and it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be specifically I I understand immediately this is about this is about uh, immigration identity. I don't have that expectation. I think the ideal honestly is that a piece can stand on its own and have other people bring their readings into it, but then it can also be sustained by my personal statement and what I'm what I'm coming at it with. So yeah. that's honestly ideal that it can stand with and without my explanation or my my thought process how I'm, I'm curious about this like I've been asking quite a few people um, this year like how do you block out noise like the outside noise when you're creating stuff like does that happen do you notice that like oh there's too much you know like wanting to hang out with friends or wanting to like you know do things like that like how do you just stay focused on on work and it's funny because initially when you said noise I thought you meant in the actual process of making yeah. things because no, like a saw like in the background or like oh no <laughs> no no, no. I didn't mean that literally I meant more <laughs> of like your own like when you're getting in your own way yeah of like in the studio I mean, of when you're making that's hard too because I think with with that yeah. so often especially when you're making 
you're trying to make work like strong conceptual work for example a lot of mm-hmm. times you could just easily think for hours and not make anything because yeah. you said oh i don't have this just right i don't have everything thought out so i'm not going to make it so I, I i think i just have to remind myself in that situation like that kind of noise i yeah. think i have to remind myself that it's so often in the doing that you figure it out so i just have to tell myself just i guess nike no no trademark like just <laughs> just just it's adidas family yeah just <laughs> i was just saying it's i can't cool. say just do it um it's okay. <laughs> just make the work and then you'll figure it out in the process because otherwise i could so easily just keep thinking and trying to plan it in my head and then never mm-hmm. get anything done it's so often that you can just try something um just get started mm-hmm. and then figure it out in the process but for what you were referring to also like the other things i think for me it really helps to set my own deadlines mm-hmm. which i'm not always great at doing but i mean yeah it comes with it you know things happen get in the way or i mean if you know if it's great to have real deadlines too mm-hmm. but it, it's wonderful to set your own yeah and you know, if something, if things are a little bit quieter or maybe it's just a longer period of time, mm-hmm. you, you're going to have to set your own. And so I don't, I definitely don't have, I don't think I'm the kind of person where I have friends who love working under pressure, mm-hmm. like right on the wire and that I can't do that. So like I, last minute stuff or? Yeah, I don't, I'm not into the I'm last actually the minute. opposite way. Like I'm really good at working last minute. I don't know why. And I think it's just like, if something's due on Monday, I can take the whole weekend and just think about it and like really feel for for what it should look like. And then Sunday night, I'm like, all right, it's perfect. Well, that's I'm, that happens like two percent of the time, though. Sure. Everything else is like it has to be done by a certain time. Or there are some yeah. tasks that I think I could designate as yeah. last minute things, but yeah, there's other ones that I don't. You know, I I definitely yeah. would like to give myself just more time because then you can kind of edit through and. Mm try more things and get I guess take those side roads and tangents in your yeah. thought process I guess like when when did you first start like putting out work and like being involved in like showing your work to, to the public I mean I guess it's sort of a funny question because I think undergraduate doesn't feel like a real answer because showing your work is still at least in my case mm-hmm. um, showing my work was still primarily in the academic context yeah so I guess I'd just say right after graduation, so I guess mm-hmm. three years ago. Yeah. What was that first experience like? I mean, it was it was great. I was really fortunate to be able to get a studio right out of undergrad mm-hmm. and be able to make work that way. But it is still a funny transition from going, you know, having an arts education where you're making and you know you're going to have this feedback from people and it was really important to me to have a break between undergrad and graduate studies to be able to make things without having to show them to people all the time like I mean I do want to show them to people but not in the not in an academic context and be able to show prove to myself and prove to other people that I'm still going to be making without that without that environment Mm -hmm. you know being able to motivate yourself and continue making making things where do you where do you pull motivation and inspiration from i think it just honestly it feels strange if i'm not making things for a long period of time (laughs) 
<laughs> That's yeah. honestly, I mean, I feel like I'm homeless. Like if I just just don't do anything, like I'm just there's no, you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. this huge gap of like, what do I do? I just watch Netflix all day. Like what do <laughs> I do? Like, Thirteen Reasons Why, the worst show ever made. Yeah. <laughs> um, that show is trash. I don't. It's pointless. Waste of my life. Um, but like, where where do you where do you pull from to like just get going? Is it is it more like forceful? Do you pull from some kind of source or? I think it depends because sometimes if you have a very specific idea of what you're working with, sometimes yeah. it's so simple as I have this material I want to work with. Yeah. Because recently I've been working on linens that my grandmother gave me, so mm-hmm. it's just kind of nice to have this stack <laughs> of awesome. linens and just say I want to work with this one yeah. now and see where that takes me. Mm-hmm. So it can be really simple as just showing up and feeling like I need to make something because there are definitely sometimes periods where you know if you're doing working on applications or other things you're not going to I'm not going to be making day to day but I did mm-hmm. I do feel weird and then I'm you can kind of return <laughs> return to the studio with more fervor I guess mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think I've just found honestly that I just really benefit from cycling through different ways of making for me because as I mentioned I do printmaking as well so a lot of the work I'm working on right now is concerned with the oath Mm. the naturalization oath and kind of um, allegiances um, relating to identity but I also work on these copper plate etchings related to memory Mm -hmm. and sometimes if what if the like the on oath as I call it that series Mm -hmm. isn't working I'll go to the etchings as a way to just (laughs) <laughs> go back into something else and then you can return to the other one. So honestly, I think the cycling has been the best strategy I've found for myself. Yeah. And yeah, it, I think ultimately you're just figuring out <laughs> yeah. ways to to ways to work with yourself. I like that balance. It's like, all right, I'm getting really frustrated with this one thing. Well, I'm going to just get frustrated with something else. And just like keep that balance, I think is is incredibly important because it almost gives your brain a break from working on just one thing Definitely. for hours and hours and like all right well i'm gonna i'm gonna steer my creativity instead of just blocking it and and just stop doing it completely well clearly because you have all these yeah. different projects you definitely are working on and cycling yeah. through at least to my understanding it's hard well i mean that's i feel like that's something that a lot of people have to go through like even if you're just working a normal job there's all these tasks that you have to you know, indulge yourself with every single day. It's like I have a checklist, but there's also things that come out of nowhere, and like you have to, you have to balance your, um, your time accordingly. But I mean, it's 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 hard sometimes because you can't force yourself to be creative. You know what I mean? Like, I I can't go, I can't wake up and say I'm gonna go get inspired today. Like it it happens like at three in the morning, or it happens Sunday, like two hours from now. You know what I mean? It's it's. It's never when you want it to happen, but when it does, it's such a beautiful thing because you get to you get to pull so much from that one moment, and it can last you days, it can last you years, and I think that's just a beautiful thing. The fact when it happens, um, you're able to gain so much from it. I think actually what you're mentioning of, you know, when those moments when you do get ideas, mm-hmm. that's another strategy I've found is... I mean, if you look at it so often, mm. those moments, like, you know, when people talk about those those shower revelations yeah. in the sense that, and the, the... I've never had those, by the way. Really? Never, ever. That happens to me all the time. I do it when I'm like, I'm tired and I'm covered in tears and I just want to go to sleep. And then it happens and I'm like, oh my God. But 
Well, that's funny because I was going to say like the common thread of that generally for me is like because people say, oh, when you're on the subway, when you're on public transportation, when you're on your commute. It does happen. I think. And then so that sometimes that can also be an additional strategy to because what what all of those have in common is generally you're you don't have that noise as you said yeah. you're doing this very simple task because you're like i've shampooed like, my hair yeah. like thousands of times yeah and you don't have anything else going on you have to sort of blank slate so that's when things are going to come so sometimes you just <laughs> create those situations for yourself yeah and to encourage that because as much as i love being able as an avid podcast listener and like yeah. it is nice sometimes to be able to have all that noise mm-hmm. specifically to block out when I don't need to be thinking and doubting yeah. and questioning myself but sometimes it's important to also not have to not be able to distract yourself all the time yeah <laughs> yeah I mean like just being able to stay focused is a task on its own it's not easy you know what I mean like to want to pursue something, to want to be an artist is almost like an obnoxious want. Like you can't. I mean, it feels, I feel selfish about it all the time. Why? I mean, sometimes, and of course, like That's my really fr- interesting. Well, my friends, uh, you know, they're like, um, obviously this isn't a necessarily like a rational argument, but a lot mm-hmm. of times I think like, you know, in undergrad when I was studying, sometimes, you know, especially what's happening in the world, a lot of times like, no, why am I trying to make work? Not to say though that like now, art is more important than ever, but sometimes yeah. it just seemed, I remember in high school talking to my friend and it was like, well, clearly we just like need to be farmers or something <laughs> like, you know, or like nurses or, you know, kind of yeah. thinking back to things. But obviously that's not, you know, like mm-hmm. having art is so important. Like, what do we live for? You yeah. know, but it is sometimes funny. You feel very selfish in getting to just make things it's like do i want to pursue something that helps other people or do i want to just kind of be selfish for a little bit and and create the stuff that i want to make i think that's that's a very fair yet unfair balance to have right not to say that this doesn't help people people. exactly exactly no i but i meant what i meant is it is this kind of funny (laughs) loop of it does sometimes you know you feel very selfish and yeah and making that but i was going to ask you so you had asked me and you were referencing it now again. I'm stuck in inception right now. I don't know what's going on. It's like, which which way are we going? No, I, I get okay. to ask the question. I don't know if I'm in like, because <laughs> you were starting to reference it of blocking mm. out noise since you've been asking people that, how do you block out noise? I don't. That's why I'm asking people. Okay. It's, it's very hard. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's the it's the balance of it all. You know, I think the, um, the sleeping less and working more and taking on more projects and those projects are... I'm, I'm accountable for every single step of it. Yeah, is noise in itself. So I think it's 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 crossing over to each side. Like I don't have personal time. I can't just I can't separate it from work. You know what I mean. So I'm trying right. to figure out in what palette of noise do I have to push away. That's why I'm asking people so much. Is like how do you block it out? Because I'm I'm very curious and I'm almost anxious to figure out a way to do that. But I'm I'm excited because it's like the work is what I've I've always wanted to do and I've always wanted to do projects like I'm doing now. So it's like now that I'm here, what am I complaining about? It's like you're complaining because you get to work on the stuff you want to work on. It's like you kind of have to deal with it. It it just comes with it. So the reason why I'm asking people how do you block out the noise is I would just like to know: Do people have a certain process? Is it right. you know a certain format that people go through? Um, and just trying to find that balance because I know I know I need it and I know it doesn't end well with people who just like 
you know, shelve themselves in their house and just work all day, every right. day. Um, yeah, that's why I'm yeah. more curious yeah. than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it, that is kind of a dream of this format a lot of times. And especially mm-hmm. is that, you know, just reaching out to people and asking them the things that you want to know about. Yeah. It's kind of great. I, I like this show for the reason that it becomes almost like a cross therapy session sometimes. <laughs> and I like it because it's, it's, you know, the conversations, I don't want to just like become a promo show and just like, oh, here's the thing that's coming up. Yeah. I just want to talk and like create, I guess, in the tagline, which is growth and conversation throughout both sides and mm-hmm. being able to understand more about myself and that person at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's incredibly important just to have these kind of conversations. Um, about the creative process, about things that people don't talk about, like depression and anxiety and yeah. the things that come with it, you know, besides the glamorous stuff of making your own work and people liking it. Um, understanding that balance and understanding that there's more to it, um, but you shouldn't be scared of it. You should welcome it. I think that's what I'm trying to have people take away Definitely. from something like this. But wow, what do I ask next? I know that was really impressive. I was just like, was oh, he's just got all I got a thing. questions I got a thing. ready, lined up <laughs> seamlessly. Um, that's that's an interesting side though. Like, have you ever dealt with depression? Like younger, maybe now, like in the process of making your work, like have you ever experienced that? I don't know if I could say particularly like from my work, depression, um, like especially, I mean, I think, I, I, don't, I don't think I've been able, to, I can't really yeah. label that. You know, people use that word so lightly sometimes. They do. Yeah. I think I just did. Yeah. Well, well, I meant, I mean, I think, um, you know, having friends with like clinical anxiety yeah. and depression uh, and learning more about that. But there's definitely periods of doubt and confusion mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. But I think, you know, I'm fortunate to not have yeah. that. But yeah, so I, I mean, everyone's going to go through, yeah, periods of doubt, as yeah. I've said, and, and feeling lost in the studio. But I do listen to some podcasts with people who discuss that in their work. Mm. And I don't know if you listened to another round. I haven't. But they, they'll often talk about anxiety and depression in mm. a really wonderful way. So I think it's, it's really nice to have access to those stories. And I think hearing about it more. Yeah. And just the day-to-day is really, really nice. Yeah, I guess that's <laughs> yeah. that's my two cents on that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think pulling from resources from... I'm, it's crazy. I've been trying to remember the title of this book is what you were just saying. I've been reading this book, and now, of course, the title's flown out of my head. <laughs> but it's a really wonderful book compiled. And there's two volumes of it, like mm-hmm. 50 artists who... Very frankly, talk about how they make their visual, like fine art career work and going into the details of, yeah, I've worked as a framer to do this because these are successful people with practices, but speaking really frankly about how they make it work or how they made it work growing up. I need to read that. It's really, it's really nice. And of course, now. I feel ridiculous for not being able to state it. I will give you the title if okay. you want to put it in the notes. <laughs> That's interesting. Do you have like an end goal for what you're pursuing? Like, do you already see the end of the road? Or I there's a couple long term goals that I th- I think I'm interested in, but at the yeah. same time, I'm very open to what happens because 
that's a you know a gift and a curse of yeah. this kind of field is that you don't there isn't necessarily a very set path compared to maybe what our parents or you know looking to my parents who you know they might have just they studied this and then mm-hmm. they got that position and they work that way yeah and so for me i definitely would like to just be able to sustain my studio practice mm-hmm. and then recently in this past year having done residencies mm-hmm. artist residencies i think a long-term goal of mine would be to either be a part of an artist residency to help run one or start my own maybe eventually because mm-hmm. i think obviously there's so much work but there's something really lovely about being able to support other artists in that way yeah to be able to to have a place and invite these artists whose work you're really interested in and get to support them in that way and also you know get to know them bring them to you and provide a great place for them to to make their work so i think that would be a a longer term goal Mm -hmm. and whatever shape that takes do you do you benefit personally a lot from the residencies that you've been a part of they've been absolutely incredible yeah i think you know the the first one that i did in london as i mentioned right after brexit that was an incredible group of people because residencies vary yeah completely there are so many of them and they're mm-hmm. all over the world and sometimes it might just be you you're the artist in residence and other times like the ones i've done have been a set of people mm-hmm. and so you get to meet with people from usually all around the world a, diff- a range of ages a range of range of backgrounds and being able to be in a new place and to make work in the case of of England I was very much influenced by the studio visits I was having with the English artists coming in and being able to talk about what was happening in their country and their experiences with that was had definitely had an effect on my work and what I was making Mm -hmm. and then the one I did in Spain was also very beneficial just a different structure a little bit because we were in outside of barcelona in a house like a big farmhouse and (laughs) uh yeah so i think then being able to we in that case we were all living together and you i mean each one has been just you just get to get you get to be surrounded by artists Mm -hmm. for a set period of time and it is interesting because I definitely was coming coming into the first one, for example, as somebody who does have a nice a nice community already at home versus some other people you know weren't don't have that. They didn't yeah. have they didn't have a lot of artist friends or people to talk to and pull from. So I mean I it is funny to think of where each person is you know having this residency, how it affects them in their life. but I just came back from one in Vermont that was also mm-hmm. really wonderful. The Vermont Studio Center, there's about 50, 60 artists and writers who wow. are there at a time. That's amazing. And, and you're in this tiny, adorable little Vermont <laughs> town all together making, making work. And I mean, now having done these three residencies, I have all these people around the country and around the world that I know and that I can, I actually was just messaging one because I'm doing another one this summer and I, mm-hmm. he's Brazilian, lives mm-hmm. in Germany. And so 
and but I met him in Spain, and so now I can just say, "Hey, I'm coming <laughs> to Germany. Like, let's let's hang out. Like, what are you making?" So they've they've been invaluable, and yeah, I think it's it's really incredible talking to other friends who've done them. There's usually a residency for every person, you know, depending on what you're looking for. Right. And yeah, I ask people this all the time. Apart from like the noise question, sure, is like a piece of advice. But like, what is your perspective on? when you started sort of pursuing this creative passion to now, like what has been the biggest difference that you've seen? Well, I don't know if this is specifically... Maybe just in yourself as a person. I think the thing I've been thinking about most recently, so I'm just going to offer this one up, is because it's been, it just feels like recently, it's just been like this point has been validated, like each point is that reaching out to people that you'd be nervous about like just just reach out to them you never know like people are people they want to work with you or they're interested in in talking back with you because i'm currently with like three other women we had put together the idea of having like a publication of women artists and the and female identifying artists in the dallas area and it was just the four of us initially thought we'd keep it between friends and people's work we'd admired but then we thought we kept thinking of other names and it wasn't people it was people we really admire but it wasn't necessarily people we thought we could immediately get yeah but having that attitude i'd offered up one name and i was like i'm sure she'd say yes and then we just started thinking bigger and bigger and i think that's been the the loveliest recent mm-hmm. kind of point that keeps coming up is especially in an age where people you can find people's email addresses or send them a message more easily there's really no reason not to reach out to people you admire, which is also why I think like what you're working on with this, for example, is really mm-hmm. lovely. It's like, why not just reach out to somebody? The worst they can say is no, right. which is, you know, cliche answer, but yeah. it's so, it's so, I guess it's, it's so useful when you actually try it out and realize that great things can come of it. Yeah. So I think that might be one thing I would share with that is honestly just reach out to it and I guess like circling back to Anne Friedman of the Call Your Girlfriend podcast she coined this term that I really love called shine theory Mm -hmm. and she'd written this article kind of started stemming from actually just the idea like the caustic nature of female competition and how this is sort of ingrained sometimes like maybe at a young age of like Mm -hmm. seeing other women as competition which is nonsense. <laughs> and Yeah, men do that all the time. Well, right. It's not just like a thing, but she, it's a really, lo- if you look up uh, Anne Friedman Shine Theory, you'll, you'll find the article. But it's the whole idea of shine theory is I don't shine if you don't shine. I mean, mm-hmm. why, you know, you support other people. And it's such a simple thing, but it's been such a helpful term to bring up to people as well. Like since I'd heard about it a couple years ago is... You know, you'll be having conversation with somebody, and even if they don't know immediately what it is, you can kind of get an idea. And then you explain it, and it's actually a way of breaking that ice sometimes or talking to people. So in the idea mm-hmm. of shine theory, it's just been really lovely of – because I think the tagline for the article is like – I think one of the sentences she's right is, when you meet an incredible, wonderful woman, or you know, you can just replace that with person, mm-hmm. befriend them. You know, <laughs> so – I think that's that's been just the best part mm-hmm. more recently is supporting supporting everyone like 
you know, being fortunate to sometimes have people come to you for advice or for support or for help and then being able to help them out and then yeah. doing the same. Like, it's, the world can seem so small sometimes. It feels like, especially during these residencies, <laughs> you find out that you all have mutual friends in common or yeah. you've all done that same thing. Or So it's it's just been incredibly powerful to have that reflected back each time Mm -hmm. and so yeah it was very special to actually get to meet the woman who's like coined the term recently Mm -hmm. but yeah so I think that would be the thing I've that that has been really significant since Mm -hmm. I guess graduating and since having my own studio practice is really supporting one another I don't shine if you don't shine yeah (laughs) I like that I guess we'll leave it on that. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Marty. (laughs) Absolutely. Where can people find your work? At my website, so which is my name.com, so dionantohe.com. And I do post on Instagram, which is the, like T-H-E, and then my last Mm -hmm. name, Antohe, the Antohe. Cool. That's where I'll be posting updates. Awesome. Diana, thank you so much for being on today. Thanks.